0: Hey everybody, how's it going today? How you doing? What's up? Man, I had a great time making that video this week, doing all that stuff. It was awesome. Because if you know me, you know that I'm just the ultimate extreme sports outdoorsman, hunter, fisher, gatherer, jump out of air. No, that's not me at all. Yeah, how, how many? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, on the PS4. Thanks, Art. Yeah, ushers? Can somebody get this guy to here, please? Yeah, we got a heckler. Just kidding. Hey, I want to welcome you to Joy Church. Thank you for being here today. I'm so excited. If this is your first time or you're visiting, you know, today, I just want to thank you for being here. I know it takes courage to come to a new environment, a new place where there's lots of people that maybe you don't know. And I know sometimes that church gets a bad rap and sometimes it's well-deserved because sometimes the religious community, we kind of make it like there's good and bad people and you got to clean your life up to come to church. But I don't believe that at all. I believe that there's two categories. There's a good God and there's bad people. Come on, somebody. There's a good God, and there's bad people, and I'm one of the bad people, right, who needs Jesus, right? And so you're like, well, you're the pastor of this church. I need Jesus more than Y'all, y'all, right? It's going southern here, Um, but we're, I just want you to feel welcome, and hopefully you got a, a donut hole, and the church people didn't eat all the donuts. Some of those church people get here early, like Art comes in. He fills up his pockets. You can't mess with the guy with the mic. It's just, I'm just saying, we're jumping into a brand new series over the next two weeks, launch, getting ready to go up to Easter Sunday, which is going to be exciting. Uh, but we're going to talk about this, this topic, don't play it safe. How many of you are play it safe kind of people? Well, that's me. We got a lot of play it safes here, yeah. And uh, that's how I am. I, I try to like stay safe. You know, I don't know why people jump out of perfectly good airplanes. The airplane was doing a perfectly good job of carrying you through the sky, and you decided you need to jump out with, with or without a parachute. You know, those people doing those squirrel suit things, pretty crazy. Why would you want to jump off a perfectly good bridge into water? You know, my friends, when I was young, I was a teenager, they'd always come and they would uh, they'd be like, you know, Jake, do you want to go to the river? We're going to, we like to swim in the river or just observe it? No, just swim. And actually there's a bridge and we're going to jump off. It's like, that's, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm play it safe, you know, and and that might be smart in life, might might be good strategy, good practice in life. But in the kingdom of God, in the economy of God, the economy of God's kingdom, the very riskiest thing that you could do is play it safe. Playing it safe is the riskiest thing that you could do in God's kingdom. I want to talk about that for the next two weeks. Hebrews chapter eleven verse six says it is impossible to please God without faith. Somebody say the word impossible. It's impossible to please God without faith. Could I have a wonderful helper move this stuff so I can walk around? I just like to move. Is that okay? So I, need, I just need space to operate. I'm like a wildebeest. I want to roam the savannah when I preach. Thank you, Joey. It's impossible to please God without faith. We sang that song today. It's your breath in our lungs. You know, you, you know, God put his breath inside of us. It's an amazing reality that God spoke into existence all of creation, but he made us, you and I, mankind and womankind, amen for womankind. He formed us from the dust of the earth with his hands and he breathed his breath into us. That literally the, the life force within us is the breath of God. And when we play it safe and we don't live by faith and we don't take the risks that God is calling us to take, We waste the very breath of God that he put inside of our lungs. Pastor Craig Rochelle says this, and I love this phrase. He says, We are faith-filled, big-thinking, bet-the-farm-risk-takers. We will never insult God with small-thinking and safe-living. How many of you want to read that again? All right. We are faith-filled, big-thinking, bet-the-farm-risk-takers. We will never insult God with small-thinking and safe-living. We have an amazing God who has called us into amazing purpose, amazing life. He's put his very breath into our lungs for a purpose, for a reason. You are not here by chance. You are not here by accident. You are not just dancing to the tune of your DNA. You are not time plus slime plus chance. You were made for this time, for this place, for this generation. You have purpose inside of you. Come on. You have value. You have worth. All the messages that culture wants to talk about, well, you don't mean anything and you're just going to, your life, you're just going to you know, serve yourself and seek pleasure and then you die and all this stuff. He who, who dies with the most toys wins. That's baloney. That's garbage. God put his breath inside of you. You have worth. You have value. And this life that God has given you is not meant to be held on to. Jesus said something very provocative. He said, he who seeks to save his life, to hold on to it, will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake, Jesus said, will find it. The secret to a fulfilled life, the secret to a life of purpose, the secret to a life of destiny is not to hold on to it and play it safe and do everything kind of for yourself. It's to let it go and say, God, what step do you want me to take? Let me teach you something. If you've never been to church before, you say amen. 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 It just feels good. You just say it. It just feels so good. Amen. You know, you can just let that flow today. Amen, Pastor Jake. Amen. Makes you feel like a good church person to say amen. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the step of faith, taking a step of faith, because God has an open invitation for each and every one of us to take another step. One of the best things about Jesus is that there's always another step. No matter where you are in your journey of faith, there's always another step for you to take. You know, I'm so glad. I've I've been a Christian for Gosh, I'm getting old. I've been a Christian for over 20 years. I I, I hate math, so I'm not even going to try to do the math. And I don't want you to know how old I am. So I've been a Christian for over 20 years. I was a small child when I became a Christian. And you know what? My relationship with God is as fresh now as it was on day one because there's always another step. Maybe for you, you're coming in here and hair's going a little gray and you've been serving Jesus for a long time. And maybe things kind of get stale. But I want to let you know, no, there's another step for you to take. Your journey is not over. There's more. There's, there's, there's space for God to move in your life. Maybe for you, this is like day one. You're not even sure if you want to be here. You thought there was a movie playing in here, and you're like, what is going on? This is weird. I'm in a movie theater, and I'm at church. Oh, my God, something's going to happen. You know, Maybe this is the first day for you to come in. And I want to tell you right now, this is the start of a journey that Jesus wants to take you on. There's always another step with Jesus, and that's such an amazing thing. Always the next step, and the step of faith that God has for you to take is awesome. And, and it might just be one small step today. One small step. Maybe for you, it's going to be to decide to follow Jesus, to trust him with your life. Maybe for others, it's going to be to decide to open up your wallet and let those moths fly out and actually give to the purposes of God. You're like, what? He's going to ask for money? No, don't worry. Not... At the end, I will. Okay, but... You know, maybe for some it's going to be deciding to go to joy group, and you're like, well, they talk about joy groups, and I know I should do that, and today's your day to make that step. It might just be a small step, right? But, but not all steps are created equal, right? It depends on who's asking you to take that step. How many of you know and love Guy Harris? Is Guy in here? He didn't know I was going to pick on him today. Where's Guy? Where oh, yeah, you at, Guy? Oh, there he is. Now, let me just tell you something about Guy. This man is the guy that does like to do the things right? Generally, that, would you do some of that stuff that we saw today? If guy says, hey, do you want to go on a walk? It will usually entail climbing a mountain or going down into the Grand Canyon. <laughs> so if he asks you to take a step, it's a di- different kind of step than maybe if I ask you to take a step. Hey, could you step over to the fridge and grab me some more, uh, something to drink? Yeah. Hey, could you step over to the counter and give me some more chips? Hey, that's awesome. God bless you. <laughs> These chips are going into the ministry, right? I was so nervous watching the ducks last night. Oh, sorry, I had to bring it up. This is Joy Church. We're going we're gonna to celebrate. <laughs> it was like, oh, no. <clears throat> I, ate, I ate enough chips to feed a small army last night. All the chips are right here today. You know, Neil Armstrong, July 20th, 1969, took, a, took one step on the moon. Right? And he said, that's one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. Not all steps are created equal. You know, maybe for you, that small step, that thing that God wants you to do that he's asking you to step today is actually a pretty big deal, even though if it looks small to others or even seems small to you, but it's a it's a big deal. Not all steps are created equal. I want to tell you a story today out of the Bible: a story about a guy named Peter who took one step, but it was a pretty big deal and did something kind of amazing. And I want to specifically talk about The space between his step, when he takes this step, and and where that step goes, and what what happens after that, I want to talk about the space between, and how that applies in this walk of faith, and taking steps of faith, and not playing it safe, all right? If you have your Bible today, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 14, verse 24, and if you don't have your Bible today, we have a screen you might have noticed uh, here, Joy Church Claim to Fame, biggest words in town, you know, let's... The preaching's terrible, but the words are huge. <laughs> Matthew chapter 14, verse 24, I want to talk about this. says, Meanwhile, the disciples, these are Jesus' disciples, were in trouble far away from land. For a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. Now, I don't know about you, but this is different. This is not normal. Say, it's, that's not normal. Not normal. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, "It's a ghost!" Now, I know this seems irrational, but for me, at three o'clock in the morning, everything's a ghost. (laughs) Right? You with me? I like lay in bed. If I wake up at three in the morning and hear a sound, you know, somebody could drive by. I'm like, ghosts. It's either ghosts or robbers, or it's our children coming there. You know, kids freak you out. They show up at your bed, and they're right there. The other day, Penelope, she's our almost two-year-old. She she's figured out how to crawl out of get out of her crib. So we put her to bed about twenty-five times a night, and uh, no joke, no, it's serious. That's not a joke. And so she c- climbs out of her crib and comes down. Well, she decided to come down about four in the morning uh, the other night. So finally, we gave up and we're like, okay, let's just have her in the bed. And then she's the only person that can hog a king-sized bed all by herself. <laughs> she's hogging it even if no one else is in it. And so she put her head against my rib cage and her feet against mom's neck and was basically tap dancing on mom you know, during the night. So I could feel her head like banging against me. So I'm like, what's going on, on the other end? <laughs> oh yeah, it's Bethany's face that she's kicking. So I grabbed her and pulled her alongside of me and basically tried to hold her as tight as I could and keep her contained. But at three in the morning, you know, anything that happens, it's kind of a big deal. It's a ghost, they said. And Jesus spoke to them at once. He said, don't be afraid. Take courage I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. I love Peter because Peter is a not play it safe kind of person. See, I would have been like, I would have been like James. No, I would have been like Thomas, doubting Thomas, right? I would have been in the boat and been like, oh man, this is going to be awesome. Could somebody just put this on Facebook because Peter's going to totally take a swim, (laughs) you know? And uh, and I'm like, and I'm pretty sure that's a ghost. So I don't know who you're talking to, but Peter doesn't play it safe. Peter's not he's not looking to just do things the way things have been done before. Peter's not looking to live a normal life. Peter wants to see what God could do with his step. Come on, Peter wants to see Jesus. If that's you, could I do what you can do? Let me put something in your spirit this morning. When we see Jesus, you know what we're not supposed to do? We're not supposed to look at Jesus and be like, oh, I can can never do that. Jesus said actually to his people, his church, his disciples, his followers, you're going to do greater things than than I did. Jesus wants to do something in every one of his followers where we, we, we don't say, oh, I can never be like that, where we say, how could God use my life? Lord, you put this breath in my lungs. How could you use my voice to change the world, to change my neighborhood? God, how could you use my step? Peter says, Lord, if it's you... Tell me to come walking on the water. Jesus says, Yes, come. And it says here, So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. That's not normal. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink because he's still human. How many of you know that when we take that step of faith and God does something pretty amazing? That we still kind of look around and go, oh, I'm I'm actually, I'm on the water. Bloop! And we go, you know, he got a nice nice bath here. He began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. Let me tell you, when you take your step of faith, Jesus isn't going to let you sink under the waves. Now, are you saying you're never going to have danger in your life, nothing bad's ever going to happen? I'm not saying that. I'm saying... When you call out and say, "Lord, is this your will?" I'm I'm considering taking this step of faith. The Lord will be there for you. I don't know what that means. I'm not saying your life's going to be perfect. You're never going to have any difficulty, hardship, loss. I'm not saying that. You know, even as followers of Jesus, we go. You might lose your life pursuing the gospel and preaching the gospel. You might lose your life in a car accident. We don't know. Life is not a guarantee, right? What I'm saying though is that. Ultimately, nothing can harm you. Your eternal soul is safe. Jesus is there. He's, he grabbed hold of him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. This guy just walked on water. Come on, Jesus, give him a break. You know? <laughs> I imagine Thomas is like, okay, Lord, come on. You know, he, he did walk on the water. <clears throat> he says, you have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And see, faith is about who, not what, not why, not how, who. Jesus is the focal point, the pinnacle of our faith. When you put your faith in Christ, that is the anchor point for everything else that comes in your relationship with God. Jesus says, why did you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped and the disciples worshipped him. They had a revelation. They said, you really are the son of God. You really are the son of God. Peter, though, I want you to think about this step. One small step for a man, but one giant leap for a disciple. Peter takes this step outside of the boat, and he comes down on the water, and he begins to walk on water. He's the only human being in history that I know of, at least, that's recorded to actually have walked on water. And I know a lot of us overzealous church kids have tried, and, you know, I, I wanted to help my brothers and sister discover how they could walk on water, and, you know, oh, sorry, you don't have any faith, you're all wet. Uh, but, <clears throat> I was just encouraging them. You know, It wasn't me trying to throw them in the pool. It was them me trying to help them have faith. Uh, but Peter's the only person that I know of that in human history has actually walked on water. But I want to talk about that space between the boat and the water. The space between here and now and then and the future. I want to talk about that space between where you are and the step of faith that the Lord is calling you to take. Now, I want to make one quick, critical distinction. Presumption and faith are not the same thing. There might be something you're thinking about doing. You're like, I'm going to start this business. I'm going to ask this girl to marry me. I'm going to do this thing, and it's totally the will of the Lord. I'm going to jump out of the boat, and, and the Lord's like, don't come. Right? Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, call me. Peter had a word from Jesus. The step of faith is going to come at the invitation of the master, okay? So we don't just do whatever we want to do oh, and call it faith. That's called presumption. I'm presuming upon God. That's called testing the Lord. We don't do that. What we're saying is, Lord, I live in response to your word. I live in response to your word. The bold, amazing, incredible things that are going to come out of us as a group of people, out of Joy Church, are going to come at the, at the, the calling of Jesus, not out of the presumption or the planning or strategizing of, of, our, of our own heads, our own brains, Right? So critical distinction is there's a difference between faith and presumption. Faith is a response. The step of faith is a response to the word of the Lord. A response to the word of the Lord. But faith, it comes into being not in the boat and not on the water. It comes into being in that space between those moments. The danger zone. Right? Faith doesn't come with a guarantee. Faith doesn't come with safety and security. Faith isn't about a guaranteed result. Oh, I'm gonna, this is going to happen. Peter didn't have a guarantee. You know, when I get out of the boat, then everything's going to go fine. No, it was at the word of the Lord that he had to take that step. And in that space is where faith exists. And I want to ask you something. Are we willing in our lives to intentionally, not accidentally, intentionally create space for God to move? You can wait just a few more minutes. Sorry, yeah. Thanks, Apolana. Appreciate you. Are we willing to create the space intentionally for God to move? You know, I love it. We've been watching March Madness. I'm sorry, I'm bringing it up again. I know, the the hurt, the pain is real. But I love watching the guys that can create their own space. You know what I mean? Like, I would be the guy who the only job I could ever have would be the water boy. But I mean, if I was a basketball player. I'd be the guy that is so slow, I have to go to the run to the corner and wait for somebody else to create and then get the ball to me, and if I was wide open, I might make it, right? That would be my job. I'd be the spot-up shooter guy. <clears throat> but I love the guys that are creative, right? Those guys that can dribble the ball and, you know, bounce it off your face and go under their legs and throw it up around, and they're like Space Jam, call it off the rafter off here. You know, the Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. Am I speaking anybody's language here? <clears throat> Some people are like, I don't like basketball. Okay, okay. But there's something in basketball about being able to create your own shot. That's what they call it. They say this guy can create his own shot. We got a guy for the Ducks named Dylan Brooks, and he kind of shake and bake and make a move, and he makes space for something good to happen, right? Something good to happen. Are we willing to let God, are we willing to create some space for something good to happen in our life? So I want to talk about that space between, the space between the boat and the water. I want to give you three characteristics of the space between the boat and the water. Number one, the space between the boat and the water is where God steps in. You know, when you take that step of faith and you're like, I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. And again, maybe that's a small step. I'm going to step into going to Joy Group. I'm going to take that step. When you step out of the boat, before you get to that place, of faith and God moving in your life, that moment is where He steps in. When I do my part in the natural, then there comes a place for the supernatural to take place. And so that moment is where God steps in. Number two, the space between the boat and the water is where the supernatural breaks through. You know, a lot of times we talk about spirituality, and a lot of times people think about spirituality and spiritual things, and they make them very sort of out there and it's very ambiguous and it's very abstract but the bible has a different paradigm on spirituality it's actually very natural the supernatural the way that we engage in supernatural things and see supernatural things occur is not by acting loopy and you know kind of abstract it's by it's by practical natural steps you see peter had a supernatural thing happen where he walked on water not because he took a supernatural step, because he took a natural step. Think about this for a second. He didn't take a supernatural step. It wasn't like he all of a sudden grew little wings on his feet and then kind of hopped and like you know floated above the water. He just took a normal human step outside of a boat. And obviously the wind and the waves are going and everything's like this, so it might have kind of looked a little bit less cool than what we imagine. right? You ever seen somebody try to get into a fishing boat or get out of one or anything like that? You know, and they're doing this thing right here and... You know, watch Fail Blog, you know, on YouTube. You can see a million of these kind of things. And so I imagine Peter in this boat is, is up here and he kind of like hops over and maybe, the, you know, tickles the water with his toes a little bit. But he, he makes this step. But it wasn't a supernatural step. It was a natural step. But when we take a natural step of faith, that's where the supernatural can break through. Now, I want, I, I'm, I'm hoping that as I preach this message today, you will be thinking about the step that God wants you to take. What is the natural step that, that you can take? Maybe for some of you it's it's that you have a neighbor that, that you've been maybe building some relationship with and it's time for you to actually cross that that line to take that step and begin to share Christ with that person. and and maybe that's just a natural step for you that it's just well that just means having them over for dinner. And we go, well, what could God do with that natural step? Well, I'll tell you what he could do. He could do something supernatural because the space between the boat and the water is where God steps in. the space between, The boat and the water is where the supernatural has an opportunity to break through. Man, I'm getting excited about this. You know, I read the Bible, and I see stories and accounts of miracles. How many of you have ever said, I really want to see a miracle? Well, if you've accepted Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior, you have seen a miracle because you are a miracle, the fact that he's given you resurrection life and is working in you, that the spirit of the living God is operating inside of you. But I mean, what I'm talking about is like people healed, right? The dead raised to life. The kind of things that in the New Testament, the followers of Jesus, they, they saw these on a regular basis. And I used to think like, what's wrong with me? You know, why don't I see miracles all the time? You know, why, why don't I see, you know, I remember when Jesus, he multiplied the bread and the fish and he fed 5,000 people. How come I've never seen that happen? And I, and I think about it, well, why have I never seen that? And then I realize, like, oh, because I've, I've already provided all the bread and the fish that I need for myself. Well, why don't I ever see any healings? Well, it's because I immediately, when I get sick, I just go to a doctor. In other words, there's no space. All of the oxygen has been sucked out of the room. If I, if I want to see supernatural things happen, I have to actually create a space intentionally for those things to happen. Now, what am I saying? Don't go to the doctor, don't buy food? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, in your life, have you eradicated all of the space where you would actually need to have faith? See, most of us as Christians only get to experience a faith-filled life by accident. At the beginning of 2016, my wife and I found ourselves without a job, had no plan, didn't have a place to live, and then our car broke down. And we were, by accident, just because of circumstance, we were in a position where all of a sudden, we needed a miracle. And I just want to tell you right there, that was like, okay, I might step out. Nope. I like the boat. I'm feeling good here. I like the rocking of the boat. This feels good. I'm going to fish. Could somebody start playing some steel drums? Make this like a cruise, you know? We're in the boat. And then all of a sudden, it was like, I think I'm going to take the step. Nope. But we we took this step of faith last year and planted joy church and you know there was more to it than that but took a step of faith and and in that that space between boat and water when we had space for God to operate because we didn't have a plan we didn't have anything that we could do all of a sudden God began to do miracles we saw financial miracles we saw relational miracles we saw all kinds of miracles take place because there was a space for God to invade the natural with supernatural Amen. amen Come on, try that amen out. Let it flow. Amen. Try it out. There's a space. You know, God, why don't we see the kind of things as your church today? Why don't we see the kind of things that happened 2,000 years ago? Because they lived in dependence of the supernatural. They made space intentionally. Now, here's what you can do. There's two ways to make space. You can either have less, which I don't encourage. Because that's where I was. It was like, man, we just don't have anything. So God's got to, like, take care of us. Or you could go for more. Think about this. You can either have less. Miracles will happen in that. But there's a better way that miracles can happen. When you go for more. What do I mean? When we declare bold GSVs, God-sized visions. That God wants to revolutionize this, this community with the gospel. Let me just tell you right now that the dream of God for Joy Church is way bigger than anything I could ever hope, think about, ask, speak, or imagine. Bigger than anything we as a people could get our minds around. God wants to transform this community. God wants to end homelessness in our city. God wants to end drug addiction in our city. God wants to see marriages restored. Come on, God wants to see foster children adopted. And we're like, amen, brother, but who's gonna adopt those kids? Well, I like the boat. This is a nice boat. It's a nice boat. Hey, look a bird. Who's going to who's going to who's going to talk to the people that are messed up on drugs and love them and let them into your house? Who's going to open your home to let people with their kids and come in and you're on my couch? Just bought that couch on Craigslist. Who's going to make space? In their life for God to do something. Well, not us. No, we're here for such a time as this. You were made for more, not just to not just to suck oxygen and watch ducks basketball games. That's we're made for more. God wants you to open your life and you can have less and see miracles, or you could. You could try to go for more and say, God, is there more? Is there something that you want us to do? Is there something you want my my family to do, want me to do? Take a step. I want to go from the boat over the water. And in that space is where supernatural breakthrough can begin to happen. I'm preaching really good. Come on. All right. Number three, the space between the boat and the water is where the story is. Nobody says, hey, remember that time we were in middle school and we totally played it safe. Actually, I don't remember that, because it was boring. We don't remember the times we played it safe. We remember the times we took a risk. We remember the times that we, we, we dared for more. We remember the times when we dared to dream. You know, I remember the time when I asked my wife to marry me. I took a risk, because she could have rejected me. Now, I didn't think she was going to. I was probably really arrogant at that time, but we don't remember the times we played it safe. We remember the times that we took a risk. Remember the times that we stepped out. The space between the boat and the water is where the story is. It's where the story is. You know, we we have this little Christian kind of thing that we say. We call it a testimony, and the testimony is like the story of how we found Jesus or we came into faith, and, and to me, it's always been a little bit of a broken model because we tell the story of how we kind of came out of sin and darkness and, and Jesus saved us, and that's an awesome story. But did you know that your testimony doesn't stop when you get saved? That's when it starts. Yeah. And what we really should be excited about is all the stories that come after the moment of salvation when we continually stepped out of boats onto water and saw God do amazing things as we were in pursuit of his kingdom. Heaven come to earth. Come on, the story is in that space between the boat and the water. And there's stories out there, there's dreams out there, there's visions out there, they're floating in the air. Did you know God has so many dreams for this city? There's more dreams that God has for our city than people sitting in this room. And for every single one of you, you don't have to be bored with your life, with your faith, with your Christianity. You can grab hold of a dream and say, man, God, could you use my life? Is there a story between the the boat and the water in the space between? In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, Paul says we were created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good works that God planned for us long ago. Your salvation is just the start of your story. Come on, that's, that's a good phrase right there. Your salvation is just the start of your story. I'm not do- Jesus isn't done with me. Well, you've been a Christian for 20 years and now you're at this. Like I'm just starting. If you're 80 years old, there is no end to what God wants to do with your life. That story is there. Let me tell you, our church is all about that space between the boat and the water. I remember we started just a little over a year ago. We were in a house. There was twenty-nine people, including children. So you look around here and you're like, "Man, this is a pretty big church." There's like a big movie screen and band, and helps when you have thirty Canadians come and, yeah, it's awesome. But good job, guys. You know, and God has done so many things, but it didn't start. It didn't look like this when it started, right? Those of you that were there, we didn't have a sound system, we didn't have any money, we didn't have a plan, we didn't have anything, we just had faith, just had a belief that God could use a step. And we were at the house, and then God said, take a step and go to Hilliard Community Center, so we took a step out of the boat, and God met us there. And then God said, take a step to the movie theater, so we took a step, and God met us there in that space between. And then we said, let's do a big grand opening thing and invite tons of people, and tons of people came, we took a step. And now, how many of you think that now it's time to stop taking steps? that's not what we're about, is it? We are faith-filled, big-thinking, bet-the-farm, risk-takers who will never insult God with small thinking or safe living. Easter Sunday, we're going to have two services. Why? Because we're going to take a big step of faith outside of the boat onto the water. Come on. We're going to drop Easter eggs from a helicopter the day before. And, hey, if you're part of the church, we need you to come serve and help not have a riot. That's my, my nightmare, that we're going to have a riot. I don't know why I think that, but hope it's, it's not prophetic. It's just pathetic. <laughs> God is calling us to make space. Why? I feel like all the Lord is saying right now is build cribs, build cribs, build cribs, build cribs, build cribs. Why? I just We built a lot of cribs. Build more cribs. Why, God? Because i got to bring a lot of babies. The Lord wants to bring a lot of people to experience and encounter Jesus to this place. As a church, as a people, we're saying, God, what step can I take to do my part to get out of the boat, get onto the water, in that space between what can God do with my yes? We're creating space for God to move. That's what we're about at Joy Church. So what do I want you to do today? How can you walk away from today and grab hold of this? I want to ask you to make space for God to do something supernatural. I want to ask you to ask God, Jesus, tell me to come out on the water. What step am I supposed to take? Now, here's the thing we said at the beginning. Everybody was like, yeah, that's awesome. Yes, yes. There's always a step to take. Jesus has something for you. So if you're sitting there and you're like, well, I can't think of it, ask him what it is or, or ask someone else, but find something because every single person in this room, there's a step for you to take. Nobody should leave this place and just have been a spectator like, that was fun, or that wasn't that fun. No, no, there's something for you to do. There's a step for you to take. And you can either get less and see miracles happen, or you could go for more. And I want to encourage you to do that one. Lord, what step can I take? How can I make space in my life for you to move? He who seeks to save his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake will find it in pursuit of a, of the kingdom of god bringing heaven to earth i want to challenge you today as we finish up to make the choice to live by faith not play it safe make the choice i will live by faith i will live and take risks at the word of the lord if god calls me to start a ministry start a business start a joy group serve God, whatever it is that God's telling you to do, maybe God's telling you to adopt a foster child. You know, that's a real need in our community, that a real tangible need. And, and if the Lord would speak to your heart, how beautiful would that be if we could see our church be a part of, of ending that, the, the problem, the orphan problem in our city. Maybe God's calling you to get involved at the Eugene Mission. Maybe God's calling you to get involved with a, a something, but I don't know what it is, right? It's gonna be different. God's calling me to take steps of faith all the time, but he's calling you to take them too. It's not pastor's jobs to take steps of faith. It's Christian's jobs. Amen. Okay? Maybe for you today, you're here and you don't know Jesus. So the biggest step of faith for you is to jump out of the boat of sin and self-living you know, self for yourself and jump into the arms of Jesus and say, I'm going to trust my life with you, trust my life to you, and allow Jesus to, to give you resurrection life, allow him to save you. This morning, we all can make the choice to live by faith and not play it safe.